welcome into the Locked On Ranger X podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also visit our website, hitthatline.com, for all great interviews, podcasts, videos, articles, and also listen to the show live and stream it live through the website. Again, check that out at hitthatline.com. We're going to get into a lot of different things. Mike Bratton of Saturday Down South is going to be joining me to talk a little bit about Arkansas and the SEC championship game coming up this weekend. Really looking forward to that. We're also going to get into some other updates of some Razorback football players that Chad Morris met with the media today. And we'll also end with some last segment nonsense, that is for sure. Right now, let's go to the phone lines as I am now joined by Michael Bratton, who is the news editor of Saturday Down South, as well as the host of the SEC podcast, number one SEC podcast on iTunes. So really excited to talk a little bit about the SEC and Arkansas Razorbacks with him for just a little bit. Mike, how you doing this afternoon, man? Hey, I'm doing great, man. I really appreciate you having me on. I've been a big fan for a long time, so, uh, you know, just really, really appreciative of the offer. Yeah, anytime, man. I mean, anytime we can talk a little SEC football, and especially during this week where it seems like it's really crazy going on uh, at a lot of different places with coaching carousel and whatnot, it's it's always a lot of fun. But uh, let's just start with uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Obviously, what this podcast is all about is dealing with the Razorbacks. They finished up 2-10. Uh, needless to say, the worst season in Arkansas Razorback football history, at least you could make that argument. Chad Moore spoke with the media a little bit, talked about how there's going to be a lot of changes, some turnover there, at least in the roster, trying to get new guys in there. Just your overall thoughts of Chad Morris's first year at the, with the Razorbacks and what the future may hold for him in Fayetteville. Yeah, obviously, if you're going to grade him, I think, I think it's fair to give him an F. And that's not to say that I thought Arkansas would do much better. I pegged Arkansas as the number 18, or excuse me, the 7 team in the West leading into the year. And, of course, that's how it's played out. But, you know, I, I did see a lot of fans kind of look at the schedule. You got Vanderbilt. You got Ole Miss at Little Rock. I mean, I saw plenty of fans thinking a bowl was a real opportunity. And then, of course, once that North Texas game hit, you just knew it was all going to be downhill from there. And if you look around the league, I mean, look at obviously what Dan Mullen did. I think even in spurts, what Jeremy Pruitt did, what Joe Moorhead did. It's not a stretch at all to say that the guy that failed to adapt to what he inherited the most was Chad Morse. Now, that doesn't mean I'm totally out on him because obviously what, you know, the main thing he plugs is his recruiting and he should. He's got a heck of a class coming in. And I think he's going about it the right way, getting away from, obviously, I was a big fan of Bielema, but his system wasn't working clearly. Didn't work this year, didn't work last year with those players. So he's got to look towards the future. But I do think, you know, certainly, certainly too far to say it's not going to work for Chad Morris. But I would definitely say the most underwhelming hire after this year, the results show it. He did not adjust to his players he didn't have the players, but I think he's still got to adjust to him. I don't think Dan Mullen's got his guys either, but he, he found a way. So, I don't know, really bad, really bad year, but a lot to look forward to, especially with all these recruits coming in. And obviously everyone, every one of your listeners knows there's there's possibility of adding a grad transfer quarterback. I think that could really expedite things there in Arkansas. Yeah, and the thing is, is Razorback fans – 
have a really a hard time of trying to figure out where they stack up in the SEC because obviously they feel like they should be better than what they are this year, which I think everybody can agree with that. But some people feel like that Arkansas is a program that since they are in the SEC West, they're in the SEC in general, it's really tough for them to bust through that ceiling to maybe start being competitive with some of the other schools in the division. Where do you see Arkansas as a program as far as where they should stack up, what they should realistically expect because everybody thinks they should be better than what they are, but you have to have a realistic expectation of what your program is. Yeah, and that's a tough one because obviously you got the two schools in Alabama, LSU and Texas A&M. I think uh, on if they're all hitting at their full stride, they're probably going to be better than Arkansas. That's not to say Arkansas can't reach that level, but – Certainly, I think Arkansas should should be above the two Mississippi schools, and they're not right now, so that's probably why fans are so frustrated. But that's why I do like what Chad Morris is doing, because we've seen it time and time again. Everyone measures themselves against Alabama for some reason, hmm. even though that's, that's insane, because I don't think, as soon as Nick Saban retires, I know Kirby Smart's doing well, I know Dabo's doing well now, there's no chance in my mind that they, they reach the level Nick Saban's done. I mean, this is historically good. So you can't measure yourself against what Nick Saban's doing. And I don't like the fact that so many coaches, you know, when they hire all these Saban clones, they're trying to right. recapture his magic, recapture his formula. Seems to be working for Georgia, but I think that's just different because for those that don't know, Georgia has basically become the number one state in the country for talent better than Texas, better than California, better than Florida. Georgia's where it's at. There's no in-state competition. So a lot of things work in their favor. Now for Arkansas, why I love what they're doing, they're spreading the field. They're going to throw it all around. That's the formula. You got to go against the grain. You got to go different than what Alabama and LSU and, you know, certainly looks like Texas A&M maybe. You just got to be different. And that's why I really like it. If Chad Morris get that offense going, I got a lot of faith in John Chavis to, you know, he, I think his, his best days are clearly behind him, but that guy's got so much knowledge on the SEC and all the opposing coaches and all the, the opposing players. I don't think Arkansas can do much better at, for a defensive coordinator for the time being to help Chad Morris and most of his staff, which, which only has this one year of experience in the SEC. I think that's, that's a good fit there for the next two or three years but then I think it's then you got to bring in a, a big time defensive coordinator once that offense gets going and then I think that's the hope for Arkansas speaking with Michael Bratton news editor for Saturday Down South as well as the host of the SEC podcast right now on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast Michael let's look at the rest of the SEC West we had a lot of expectations and we did all of our picks at SEC media days try to figure out what it looks like I don't think it's any surprise what Alabama has done maybe and how dominant they've been but no surprise that they finished at the top of the division what did you make of the SEC West in general did it go about what you thought it would as far as your expectations just uh, recap that a little bit as far as where it all ended up yeah, obviously I had Alabama just like everybody else winning the win in the West. It's it's a boring pick, but I mean it's written in pen at this point. Uh, the team that disappointed me the most, Mississippi State. I thought I know obviously they lost their coach, but so much talent, and we've seen that. I think without in my mind, Mississippi State's got the best defense in the nation. They've basically been been that way since the first game. But obviously the offense under Joe Moorhead, which what he, which was why they hired him, was for his offensive acumen, just never really clicked until the very end there. So that's my biggest disappointment. And LSU, you know, I certainly didn't think 
they would be a six and six like some people thought, but I certainly didn't see them winning nine games. They could have very easily won ten. You know, Ed Orgeron thinks they even blew the the, the Florida game, so they you know they very easily could have been an eleven win team. I did not see that coming. Although I did see old Gus Malzahn in Auburn. I did write an article back in January, hottest seat in the SEC. I got mocked for it, but old Gus Malzahn, and that's come true. So, you know, Arkansas fans may have missed, uh, dodged a bullet there, not getting old Malzahn. It seems like half the, be- I think the fans are already out on him. Half the administration is, half is trying to keep him. Uh, I, you know, I certainly think Arkansas, with with the state of their program, having stability at uh, athletic director and at coach, I would even say that they're in a better position than Auburn because the next two or three years, particularly if they just do this game with Malzahn where they will they or won't they fire him, they are just going to kill themselves in recruiting and the the momentum. So that's something to look forward to. I think Auburn will continue to slide down until they they need to either come out and say they're they're committed to this guy or they need to cut him. I mean, they, they just can't do this back and forth. It's killing their program. And, of course, Texas A&M. You know, that's about what I expected. I didn't think Kellen Mond would be this good, but, you know, no no real surprise because Jimbo Fisher, what's he known for? Quarterbacks and, and getting his guys ready to play. Kellen Mond came into the year. A lot of people didn't even think he'd start. And I think next year, outside of maybe Tua and Jake Fromm, I think you're going to look at Kellen Mond as probably the third best quarterback in the SEC. Well, let me ask you this about Gus Malzahn, because this has been a fascinating story, and obviously a lot of people in Razorback land are always interested in what Gus Malzahn's doing. But you have a situation right now where, at least in the latest that I've heard, no one really knows what's going on. No one really knows the status of Gus Malzahn. Is he renegotiating his contract? Is he staying? Is he going? Do they want him gone? Do they want to support him? It seems like it's just a complete mess right now at Auburn, especially where they didn't live up to the expectations of a lot of their fans. What do you make of this whole situation? And if you're Gus Malzahn, what do you do? Do you just say, pay me my money and you can have the job? Do you stick it out there with Auburn? I mean, what's the scenario in this situation looking like? Yeah, it's a tangled web every way you look at it because the the athletic director did not sign off on this. He came after the contract was signed. It was a new president, so the president's still there. But from what I gather, basically what they've they've they went to Gus and they basically said you need to make you know these five concessions, and they didn't expect him to say it. I think they thought he'd just be like, "Pay me my money. I'm not agreeing to any of this." And apparently he said yes, and that includes lowering his buyout. Uh, he's not allowed to get rid of his assistants. Uh, you know, things things of that nature. They're they're halting progress on the football facility. I mean, it's just everything you wouldn't want or think a head coach would agree to. He's agreeing to it because he wants to stay at Auburn. I think he's, you know, we've seen this. He's a very stubborn guy. He believes in his system. You know, we're going to get it done with the ground game. That's that's his constant thing. They couldn't run the ball a lick this year. But after every game, it's coming. It's coming. We're going to get it going. And it, and it never really got going. They had a quarterback, and they've got some good receivers. Why they don't air it out is because it's, it's just not the way he's wired, you know. So I think they he's basically calling their bluff at this point. But I don't think he's signed off to these things because they are so ridiculous. So he's probably got his management in his ear telling him, you know, why are you doing this? But if you flip it around, where is he going to go that's a better job than Auburn? I don't think – and that's kind of why it's so silly that Auburn gave him this huge deal because he did have that Arkansas carrot there, but there's not an Arkansas job out there that's willing to take him. Maybe you're looking at Louisville. I mean, they're not they're not going to ever contend for anything. So 
I don't know. I think he's in a weird spot. They're in a weird spot. And like I said, while they're just in this tug of war of will he, won't he, they're killing themselves in recruiting. And the future of their program, particularly if they halt construction of a football complex, that's not doing anyone good at Auburn. It's, it's nonsensical, but that's just that's kind of the Auburn way. <laughs> Certainly seems that way. So it's an interesting situation that I'm sure a lot of us uh, will be watching closely. Let's talk a little bit about the SEC championship game coming up this weekend. Again, it, it's no surprise on who's in it. Georgia and Alabama, a rematch of last year's national championship game. And it looks like the uh, winner of this one will for sure have a spot in the college football playoff. And perhaps if Georgia pulls off a slow and very uh, low upset, then maybe they can get two teams in. Either way, there's a lot riding on this game. What do you make of this matchup? And do you think that if Georgia wins by a slim margin, that Alabama and Georgia both can still get into the college football playoff? Yeah, absolutely. I think... I don't even think it has to be a slim margin. If you know, I don't think it's possible. But if Georgia were to blow out Alabama, I still think Alabama gets in because mm-hmm. what the committee is going to look at is you know who are the best four, and I just can't fathom who they're going to put in over Alabama, even if they have a blowout. Because you're looking at teams like Ohio State that got beat by Purdue, nearly lost to Maryland. You got Oklahoma that doesn't play a lick of defense. Now, it would be pretty comical if they dropped Alabama for UCF, but uh, (laughs) man, (laughs) I mean, I'm not seeing that, but, you know, before we go too far down that rabbit hole, back to the game, I do think Georgia's got a legitimate shot here. I mean, Jake Fromm is playing the best football of his career. In his last six games, he's got 11 touchdowns, one interception, 77% passing completions. I mean, this guy is firing on all cylinders. Uh, the, the Georgia offense looks very different, too, with uh, DeAndre Swift is back to 100%. That's huge. Uh, I mean, I, I do think Benny Snell and Travion Williams, they're, they're my two best running backs this year in the SEC. But the way Swift is playing, he may be on another level than even those two. So that's huge. Obviously, the key is going to be coming down to slowing down Tua. And we've seen that in recent weeks. Obviously, not the Iron Bowl, but... Mississippi State, LSU, they both found success against Tua. Can Georgia do those same things? Uh, you know, Georgia can't really get to the passer. I think they're last in the SEC in sacks. So do they blitz him and, and leave their secondary vulnerable, or do they go back and play zone and, and let you know let him pick them apart with, with that? I don't know. I, that's the million-dollar question. No one really has an answer for how to stop Tua, but that's going to be the key to this game because I think Georgia can play – with Alabama on offense. Can they do it on defense? But I will say this, Georgia's got the edge on special teams, in my opinion. Alabama's got a, really bad issues at kicker and punter, and they've not really been returning kicks either. So if there's a window for Georgia to pull an upset in Atlanta, look for special teams to come up huge in that game. Last one before I let you get out of here, Mike. Kelly Bryant has been more talked about more than any other player, I think, in the state of Arkansas than anybody has in a long time. I mean, they are just hoping, praying, wishing that he ends up at Arkansas because you know how much they need all the help that they can get. And it seems like Kelly Bryant, they have a legitimate shot at getting him on campus. What do you make of Kelly Bryant? Do you think he'll go to Arkansas? And if he does, how big of an impact can he make in his first and final year? Yeah, in my mind, obviously I've not, I follow his recruiting, but I've not spoken to him or, or anything, but I think the best fit is clearly Arkansas. I mean, he would be the day one starter. I don't care what they say, though. I'm sure they'd say we're opening it up or whatever. They don't even need to do that. He would start for this team. He's familiar with the system. 
And I think, you know, a lot of people are questioning why would he go to Arkansas? Wouldn't he want to compete maybe at a place like Auburn or maybe Mississippi State, which is the, the one I hear is kind of the one waiting in the weeds there. But if he really wanted to, you know, if, if competing was his main thing, I think he would have just stayed at Clemson because they're obviously competing for the championship. You never know when he would have seen the field. Maybe they would have split time there with Trevor Lawrence. I think the biggest thing for him is getting on the field, getting snaps, getting plenty of playing time, and he will have that in spades at Arkansas. Uh, that, that would be huge for them. Uh, I, I think that's got to be the move if I'm him. I don't know that's what he's going to do. I do know that, uh, you know, he's been, like I said, he's been visited Mississippi State a couple of times, and I know he's very close to one of the receivers that just commit down there. But they have several quarterbacks on their roster. Maybe they're not happy with any of them. I wouldn't really want to upset the other two guys I got there. Arkansas has got no one really. I mean, they do have some players, but legitimately, I think he he's the would be their only option next year outside of the true freshman coming in. And from what I understand of Chad Morris's offense, it's not easy to pick up. So I think we saw that. You know, there was some question whether some of the freshmen would see the field. Yes, they did in some spot duty, but I, I don't look for a true freshman to come in here and, and win the day for Chad Morris's offense. And even if that does, I think that's another bad sign if it's going to be another long year. You get Kelly Bryant, you get the freshman to come in and, and play in four games and able to redshirt. That's the perfect scenario for Chad Morris in this offense. That's That would be my move if I'm Kelly Bryant, if I'm advising him. If he's listening, go to Arkansas, make Arkansas great again. Well, I'm sure he's listening. I think he listens every single day to my podcast. I'm pretty sure of it. So, uh, you know, just <laughs> just gave the shout out to Kelly Bryant. So, and I think Razorback fans are are hoping you're right because I don't know if they can handle another uh, disappointing season the way that this past year was. It was about as bad as it could get. But you know, if Kelly Bryant can do it, and maybe if uh, some of these incoming freshmen can really help out, the Razorback fans at least have something something to hold their hat on because they desperately need it that is for sure michael bratton news editor for saturday down south as well as the host on the sec podcast you can also follow him on twitter at sec my or actually sorry I, you thought it was sec it's at michael w bratton see you threw it on me threw me off there so if you want to follow him on twitter <laughs> uh, check out some of his great content dealing with all things sec really appreciate you joining me mike great stuff man and looking forward to catching up with you later down the road yeah anytime thanks for having me it's good time by all Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You know, uh, Chad Morris met with the media, and you know we'll we'll talk a little bit about some of the things he said not only in this podcast but in tomorrow's podcast as well. As there was a lot to unfold from it all, but it certainly was a press conference of someone who was pretty down, did not feel exactly like the season ended the way he wanted it to end, did not feel like this was something that he really envisioned when he took over Arkansas and the fact that he is having to do a press conference at the very end of the season, being 2-10, and 0-8 and in conference is certainly not the way. In fact, this is exactly how his opening statement ended up going. Take a listen. It's obviously a very disappointing season. It's nowhere close to our standard. It's not acceptable. We know that. I know that. Our players know that. I will say, as I did last Friday, Friday night, that there is growth happening inside this program. We've we spent the first year establishing the culture of this program, how we do things, what we stand for, things that we're not going to deviate on. 
There's not one person in this building that thinks any part of this season is acceptable. And everyone is working tirelessly uh, every day to get this program back. Again, that was Chad Moore speaking with the media on Thursday morning. You know, I, I kind of feel bad for him in a way, you know, just because of the way he found sound so dejected, so down on himself and where he's at. Because he, oh, he came into Arkansas with such high energy. That's the one thing everyone kept talking about is just how much energy he has. He's explosive. He can't wait. You know, boogie, full tilts, uh, hammer down, all that fun stuff. And it all sounded really good on paper because you felt like that was somebody that needed to really motivate and inspire this team to get them out there and to get them to play uh, as well as they needed to be. Well, I don't think it really connected with a lot of the players that were left behind. Not saying that I can't connect with these players at a later time. But right now, it's definitely not the case, and it's in really bad shape. And if you're a Razorback fan, that's the last thing you want to see. That's the last thing you want to hear. I get it, but that's just my thought and opinion on it. And it seems like there's going to be some transitioning, not only of uh, some players that have already made it known that they're transferring out, but some players that will be transferring out that will be announcing it here this week, or at least in the coming days. One of those players, this actually just happened as I'm recording this podcast, was Malik Williams, who was a running back. Of course, he didn't play a whole lot. He had, uh, I guess his best play was against Alabama late in garbage time. It was Alabama, North Texas. I get it all mixed up. But he had some plays where he ran the ball well, really, in garbage time. People thought that he was he was a big physical back and he had some speed. Maybe he could find the field a little bit. But it didn't look like that was going to be the case. And he announced via Twitter that uh, to thank everybody involved, but he is moving on to a different school and rolling to a different school. And hopefully he can find his way uh, to be a successful football player. So you never want to see anybody transfer out, especially somebody that you felt like had some real potential. But I think this is just coming with the territory. I think that you're going to see more and more of these. In fact, Chad Moritz even alluded to the fact that Cole Kelly may be moving on, or maybe there'll be some changes. He didn't dive into it specifically, but he at least left the option open for that something that could happen. So either way, expect to see a lot of these transfers, a lot of these players deciding to move on. Again, it's not a bad thing. You never want to see it. It's not a bad thing, though. In some ways, it may be addition by subtraction in some cases. So uh, we'll keep you updated, of course, on any other players that transfer out and the impact it will have. And who knows, maybe Chad Morris will be able to add some real legit pieces with the scholarships that will be opening up by some of these players moving on. That will be for sure. Folks, college football season is nearing an end. College basketball is starting up. You have conference championship games going on this weekend. You have the NFL. You have so many great games going on in all of sports. And you have to watch them, right? Well, if you're going to watch them, make sure you do it with Sling TV. It's the best way to watch college football, college basketball, any of your favorite sports. It's the best way. And only for $30 a month, you can get the ESPN networks, the Pac-12 network, the SEC network, and so much more. And you can stream it on your big screen and all your favorite mobile devices. Sling TV also gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. And here's the best deal, folks. If you sign up, to Sling TV by going to the website of sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G.com slash locked on. You can get a free seven-day trial to give it a shot and find out exactly what you've been missing out on. It's the best way to watch sports. I'm telling you, I use it myself. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. So give it a shot. Again, sling.com slash locked on. Free seven-day trial. Let me know how you think. Let me know what you think about it. And I guarantee you, you will not regret it. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 
Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. We're also on Spotify. We have a lot of different ways to listen in, so be sure to check that out. Share it to all your friends. Let me know if you have any questions, comments, concerns. You can do so by tweeting at me at Rush John Neighbors, and we'll make sure to keep the podcast going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then.